Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast 304. I want to continue to talk about repentance. You see, the days that we're living in today is part of the days of repentance for the Jewish people. Yes, on Yom Teruah, on Rosh Hashanah, on Hazikron, the day of remembrance, the first day of the month of Tishrei, the seventh month of the year, there is the blowing of the trumpet that initiates the 10 days of awe, 10 days of reflection and repentance. But there have already been 30 days, and we're in that 30-day period right now, when we are counting down the days before the Day of Atonement. Now, you and I know as followers of Jesus that He has paid the price for us, that our names are in the Lamb's Book of Life, that we are there and no one will remove us. Only Jesus can do that, and He's promised that He would not do that. And so we are not, as the Jews believe, going through those days of awe and repentance so that we can see whether God will weigh our good works and bad works and whether we can make amends for all of our wrong and we'll be put for another year in the book of life. I don't believe that, but the Jews do. But the significant thing that we need to bring away from this is there is a time for concentrated repentance. We need to seek the Lord while he may be found. We need to seek Him with all of our heart because the Bible says when we seek Him with all of our heart, we will find Him. And these appointed days are days that God set on His calendar. They are days that you and I need to set on our calendar. And we need to meet with God. And you say, well, I'm not Jewish. That's okay. You can still meet with God. You can still celebrate these days. We can learn a lot from the Jewish people. After all, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have the Word of God. We, I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. We would not have the Messiah. You say, well, God could have sent him through. Well, God didn't. And so we owe a great debt to the Jewish people, but we can learn from them. The Apostle Paul celebrated these days. Peter, James, and John celebrated these days. The Lord Jesus celebrated these days. And I believe it would be good for us to celebrate these days. Now, that's my personal opinion, and this is what I'm teaching people all over America. And by the way, people are blessed when they find out the rich significance of these dates. And I believe that over the years in my own life, in not teaching these and emphasizing these more and setting out my own calendar personally and the churches that I pastored, helping them to understand what I believe that I have done them a disservice. I wish I could go back because I would do things differently. But at 65, I'm not 25 anymore. I understand that I've got to make hay while the sun's shining. So I'm going to do everything I can to teach the Judaic side of Scripture. Now, I'm not trying to make anyone a Jew, but I am telling you this much. As Gentiles, we need to understand more of the Jewish people because this is the culture and the family that God sent His own Son into. They are the children of Abraham, and they have a special place in the heart and the kingdom of God and in the work of God. Yes, the church of Jesus that's made up of Jew and Gentile, it has a special place in the heart of God. But I can tell you, after the church is already taken out of this world through the rapture, whenever that is, whenever it's coming, 
God is going to once again, during the days of the Great Tribulation, He is going to set aside 144,000 Jews out of every tribe. None of them are lost. God knows exactly where they are. And they're going to be Jews. This is not figuratively speaking. These are not Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, anything like that. That's heresy. I don't know why we cannot say that, but I can, and it's heresy. These are going to be Jewish people. They're going to be people that are sealed by God himself, and he is going to use them as his flaming evangelists during the days of the Great Tribulation, which is an unprecedented, unparalleled time in all of world history. And so these are days that we need to get our act together, and part of that is through repentance. And so I have been talking with you about repentance. And so what I want to do now is deal with the aspect of repentance that really are the hands that reaches out and takes the gift of God in forgiveness. Yes, I'm talking about not just for the lost, but I'm talking about for those of us who are saved, who have gone astray, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. We sing that all the time, but we act like that that's just lost people, but it's not. All you have to do is look and examine your own life under the microscope of the Word of God, and you'll see that that's talking about us as well. Yes, the Spirit of God lives within us, but as long as we're in this life, we're going to battle with the flesh. And if we're not walking with God and feeding our spirit through the Word of God, we're more and more prone to go astray. Now, our relationship is maintained by the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. That relationship will never be broken. But fellowship is moment by moment as we walk in obedience to God, as we appropriate the grace of God, as that grace of God enables us to have His presence. Obedience to that grace is what enables us to enjoy that presence. And all I'm saying to you is this, that if you're in disobedience, you need to repent and you need to confess that. So what does confession mean? Well, the passage that I'm going to turn to is a very familiar one to you, 1 John 1, 9. Now, this is obviously talking about believers. He says that, that he is writing this book to believers so that they may know that they have eternal life. And so he's writing to believers and he said to believers that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we need to understand what confession is. Confession is the Greek word homologeo. Homo means same. We all know that. Logeo is the word to speak or to say. The prophet said, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, the word agreement is the best word to translate homologeo, I believe, in the English language. If we agree with God about our sin, if we say the same thing about our sin as God does, as to who's to blame, as to the remedy for sin, how we experience that, we would agree with God about the hurtful nature of it, that it really is bad, that it's not just I messed up. No, sin hurts the heart of God, and it hurts us, and it hurts everyone involved. The old slogan is that sin will take you farther than you want to go, make you pay a higher price than you want to pay. We've got to be careful about slogan Christianity because we built theology off of it. And I'm telling you, there's too much slogan Christianity in the West today and in American pulpits today. When I turn on the TV, I hear a lot of slogans. And evangelists, evangelicals have been involved in that way too much. And it's not this, but it's that. It's not this, but it's that. It's not this, but it's that. So people kind of expect that out of us, but they really should be able to expect more than that out of us. We need to explain ourselves, and we need to explain the Word of God. And the Bible says that if we confess our sins, we don't have to really wonder about our sins. All we need to do is get in the Word of God. God will show us our sin. 
And if there's a disconnect, if there is a sense of distance, I assure you God hasn't moved. It has been all of us. We move away when we walk in disobedience. Most sin that we commit is not ignorance. Most sin that we commit is willful rebellion. And there's no sacrifice in the Bible for willful rebellion. Old or New Testament, you have to cast yourself upon the mercy of God. God in His great love and mercy forgives us through the blood of Jesus Christ. As we confess our sin, as we agree with God about it, the Bible says that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He's faithful and He's just. What does that mean? That means that every time we truly come to God in repentance, confession, and we agree with God about all that that means, then The Bible says that he is faithful. That means he will always do what he said he would do. He will forgive us. He'll do it every time. And he is just in doing it. God's not overlooking our sin. God's not minimizing our sin. God's not winking at our sin. Jesus paid for that. And that's exactly what we need to understand. And it's not a matter of getting caught. It's a matter of hurting God. We need to become more aware of his presence than anyone else. By the way, the greatest truth that has helped me to preach the word of God with boldness, many of you have said, I don't see how you say those things because I don't hear them very much. How do you say those? And people still know that you love them. I'll tell you why, because when I am walking in God's spirit, and I certainly am not always doing that because I've preached a lot of messages in anger and out of other reasons besides love and the fear of God and understanding the presence of God with me. But I'm telling you the most powerful messages that I have preached and the moments when I've been bold in the sense of holy bold is when I have been more aware of the presence of Jesus than I have the presence of the congregation. When I've been more aware that God is listening than whether someone that might get on to me afterwards or might try to discredit me or hurt me or damn me afterwards, that I'm more aware that I don't want the Lord's displeasure. You see, I'm satisfied that many of us are so into making sure everyone feels welcome that we have caused God not to feel welcome that we are so afraid we're going to offend somebody with our political correctness that we've offended a holy and righteous God. And the Bible says that God, if we will admit this to him, we will agree with him about it. We will repent of it. We will turn from it, that he is faithful every time he will forgive us and he will restore us. And he will do that because he's just. But not only will he do that, forgive us and restore us, but he will cleanse us. I remember the first person I led to Jesus besides my dad. It was a boy at camp. I remember after he was saved, he was so joyful. And I said to him later in the week, it was the next day, I said to him, what do you feel like? What's it like now that you have given your life to Jesus? And here's what he said. Brother Tony, I feel like that I've had a bath on the inside. Well, that's a pretty good explanation of what it means to stand clean before God. It's like we've had a bath on the inside. That's what confession does. God uses it to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, unrighteousness really means unrighteous acts, unrighteous deeds. And if we could go back to the very meaning of repentance, it means to forsake ungodliness. It means to quit sinning. It means to stop it. It means to turn around. When I was working out on a job right after I was saved, I didn't know very much about the Lord as far as the Word of God. I still don't by no more now than I did. But I said to him, 
are you a Christian? He said, yes. We started talking together, and the next day he came to me, and he said, you know, Tony, I'm, I know I'm saved, but he said, I'm having a, a lot of trouble with cussing. What do I do about that? I said, stop it. He said, that is a great idea. He said, you stop it. I said, yes, God will let you stop it. Because I can tell you, God gave me a brand new vocabulary. He had to, or I couldn't have been talking with very many people of the people that I used to hang around with. That was normal for them. But after I got saved, God just had to clean my mind up and clean my mouth up. And he's still doing that. But I'm telling you, there had to be a point where I said, I can't talk like that anymore. And God enabled me to stop cussing because I cussed every other word. And it was wasn't just uh, little slang words. I'm talking about really cursing. God's not pleased with that. So all I'm saying to you is there is a remedy for sin. We need to stop it. We need to be honest. We need to stop lying. We need to stop talking ugly. We need to stop thinking ugly. And I could just go right down the line of things. You know, we don't have to be out in sin, murder, and harlotry, and all of those kinds of things, and to be a distance from God. You see, the closer that we get to Jesus, the closer we get to the light of His face, the dirtier we can see ourselves and the more quick and apt we'll be able to see sin and sense sin when it comes into our lives. And it's not always just something outward. Most of the time in my life now, it's not something outward, it's inward. God convicts me, you shouldn't have thought that, you shouldn't have said that. Nobody is coming down on me, it's just the fact that People don't see what's on the inside of my heart, and they don't see what's in the inside of your heart, but God does. And so let's use these days of these appointed times and coming up on Monday evening. We're going to have a great celebration in Kingsport, Tennessee. We're at capacity right now, but if you're anywhere in East Tennessee or Southwest Virginia, uh, Southeastern Kentucky, Western North Carolina, you want to come with us, we'll do everything we can to make room. won't cost you anything, but I have to know pretty soon. So if you hear this before Saturday, before Yom Teruah, I think that would be, it would probably be on the 4th. You could let me know, just get a hold of me by email or whatever, and we'll save you a place. It's going to be a, about an hour teaching on the holidays and, and uh, the holy days. And, and it's going to be specifically explaining biblically what Yom Teruah is all about we're going to wish one another a happy new year, and we're going to sing, and we're going to eat honey cake, and we're going to dip apples in honey and do all the things to help understand the sweetness of a new year and the blessing of walking with God on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.